I'm Audrey Cooper, the editor-in-chief of the San Francisco Chronicle. Churches around the state are grappling with smaller congregations and some are closing altogether. And for some glass-half-full people, that's an opportunity for a region that is grappling with the shortage of affordable housing. Joining me today to talk about the role of religion and housing is our reporter, J.K. Deneen, who covers development issues for us. J.K., tell me, why are developers suddenly looking at churches as a place to build affordable housing? Well, um, I think that there are a limited number of soft sites uh, in the Bay Area and urban California in general. Well, um, I have to stop you. What okay. is a soft okay. site? That sounds like yeah, a yeah, terrible yeah, place to, to buy a house. <laughs> <laughs> soft site does not mean like really muddy, soft earth. It's um, it's a, 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 a piece of property that's underutilized. Um, so, for example, um, uh, a lot of gas stations have been developed um, in San Francisco in particular. Fewer people are driving cars. And um, and gas stations tend to have a lot of land, um, and the highest and best use for that land is is often you can build 150 units, you know, above retail rather than a gas station, and the developer can make a lot of money, and people can have a place to live. Other soft sites that have been developed lately, you know, funeral homes. Most people, more more and more people are um, going for cremation rather than burial. And funeral homes have huge, vast parking lots generally and and a lot of real estate. Um, Another example would be fast food restaurants that tend to have parking lots and drive-throughs. And that's not necessarily the most efficient use of of land in a city. So a lot of those type sites have already been developed or are – have been bought by a developer in the process. So uh, it's like the low-hanging fruit is gone. And so developers have to get more and more creative in terms of looking around the city and saying, okay, you know, what what's next uh, as far as land that's available? And there are a lot of churches. Um, uh, district 4, which is the Sunset District here in San Francisco, um, the uh, Current supervisor Gordon Marr did a did a survey, and there are fifty churches. Wow! Uh, in that neighborhood, in that is a neighborhood that does not have a lot of large parcels. It's almost exclusively small parcels with single family homes, and um, and so there aren't a lot of opportunities to to develop. Um, and so he is reaching out to a lot of these churches. Some of them have congregations that have dwindled to just a few people or have stopped having services altogether. And, um, and he's already gotten a couple of, uh, of churches interested in, in building especially affordable housing. That's an area of the city that has historically been somewhat resistant to to bigger developments. What does the community think of taking these churches, many of which are beautiful and historic and have been there for a long time, and making them into something else? We'll see. Um, you know, there there will. I think that it's pretty early. Uh, there's a church out um, on Judah and Forty Seventh, a Presbyterian church, which is um, super interested in um, in developing affordable housing there. Uh, there's another church um, which is interested, but there is a day a uh, preschool in it, so they have to figure out you know where that preschool can be relocated during development and then moved back in. There are precedents for uh, there was a, a church on across from Laguna Honda a couple of years ago 
where the the church um, uh, partnered with an affordable housing developer and actually um, you know tried to to do a development there and the neighbors uh, killed it. Um, so yeah, it's not without uh, um, pitfalls and challenges. Are there any other obstacles to developing churches in particular? Yeah, I mean, there's a few. Um, so parking requirements is one. A lot of neighborhoods have minimum parking requirements. Um, and so you can't just remove a bunch of parking without getting, you know, special zoning permission. However, um, Buffy Wicks from Oakland um, has, uh, she's a, an assembly board member. She's introduced legislation uh, I guess they're calling it Yigby. 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 Now you know, I've heard the, it all. There's the Yimbies, the Nimbies, and the Yigbies are yes in God's backyard. Um, Very clever. <laughs> yes. So the the Yigbies, um, the Yigby legislation would um, eliminate minimum parking requirements for affordable housing. And then um, on the Senate side, Scott Weiner is working on a, a piece of legislation that would complement that and it would um, – lift other zoning restrictions. So if it's uh, a lot of times churches uh, are in designated like institutional or religious uh, faith-based zoning uses. Um, uh, and so that would eliminate that kind of thing. You can do housing um, or other, other types of development. I'm speaking with J.K. Deneen about the opportunities there are in developing churches in San Francisco and elsewhere. We'll be back right after this. I'm back with J.K. Deneen. We're talking about churches and developing on their parking lots. Are there any other neighborhoods where there are a lot of churches that might be ripe for this? I mean, I, I'm thinking about the development that has happened around Dolores Park with the churches there. They put condos into some of those and in one case, a school. Right. Um, are there other places in the city where they're looking at church sites? Yeah. I mean, I think west of Twin Peaks and, you know, District 7 really um, – uh, near right behind Laguna Honda Hospital, there's an Armenian church uh, that's very interested in um, doing an affordable housing development. Um, I think that for the most part, uh, the these projects will be affordable rather than market rate housing. I mean, the churches um, uh, often have a, a you know a mission to to help low income families, and and so that plays well into um, to the you know doing 100% affordable projects. Uh, on the other hand, the archdiocese has um, made some properties available for uh, for market rate housing. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a, that's sort of a separate thing. But. Is the is the reason why affordable housing is so uh, much more doable on these sites because it removes the cost of buying the property? I mean, if, if that obstacle was overcome, are there enough people interested in building 100% affordable housing? Yeah, that is um, that is a big part of it, land. And that's what attracted the city to this piece of property um, across from Laguna Honda. You know, they were getting a couple acres of free dirt, and that is something that the city loves. Um, so uh, that is that is true. Um, on the other hand, a lot of the church sites aren't very big. And the the affordable housing community, the way it's structured, they tend to use affordable housing tax credits. This, you know, um, companies buy them, buy tax credits um, to offset their their earnings, and uh, it's sort of a tax write off, right? And so, um, 
but those projects, they don't like to do fewer than 100 units because it's not efficient. And so a lot of these projects really, a lot of the, the parcels can't really support 100 units. They're not quite big enough. Or they're um, in neighborhoods like the Sunset that would probably not be down with a, 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 a building that tall. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that'll be something that the city has to get creative as far as figuring out a way to finance smaller affordable housing developments, which is a problem. I mean, uh, 20-unit, 30-unit, 40-unit, 50-unit, th- that size project is much more palatable to a lot of neighborhoods. Um and uh, if we want to um, have geographically diverse affordable housing development, we're going to have to figure out a way as a city to to do smaller projects. Right. Are there any other areas besides churches that you think are unique in this um, wanting being a potential for uh, affordable housing? Well, I wrote about union halls uh, last week. I think it was. Um, that's another example where it's sort of like a triple bottom line. Like churches, you know, they're, they're, the building trades have big union halls with, with parking lots and a couple of them are being developed for, for housing. And there you have, you know, you, you have a vested interest on the property owner happens to be in the business of building housing. Right. And so they get – So they know how know, to do it. Right. And they can actually and, – and they can also – out of it, the deal oftentimes get like a free new union hall. So the SEIU on Golden Gate Avenue across from Hastings is working on a deal like that, as is the plumbers. I always wonder what's happening with that plumbers union building, the one on Market yeah, Street. Yeah, That's, yeah. They're, I think they're going. They're uh, supposed to break ground this this year, I oh, believe. Oh, good, because that building that. was in need of some uh, some help, totally. let's say. Yeah. It's yeah. good to hear that it's going to have a, a new future in it. JK, thank you for talking with us about this today. Thanks, Audrey. Thanks to JK Deneen for being with me today. Thank you to King Kaufman and Karen Creighton for producing this episode. And thank you for listening. Fifth Emission is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you like this podcast, please consider becoming a financial supporter of the largest newsroom in Northern California. You can sign up for a San Francisco Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod. 